Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Well, God, we just thank you again for the opportunity and the time to just be away with you. And God, uh, we invite your presence, and we ask that you would speak to each one of us individually. And God, I just ask that you would come this morning, that you would help uh, me to think clearly and to communicate clearly. And I know, God, that you have a plan for what you want to speak to each one of us. And I thank you, God, that no one came here this morning um, who you don't have a special assignment for and something to say. And so, God, I just ask that you would help us to turn our focus towards you to truly, God, realize that you are the one thing that satisfies and brings clarity and brings understanding. And so, God, we just come to you this morning with our hearts and our minds open, and we ask, God, that you would speak. And just like Samuel, Lord, we say that we're listening. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going, it's funny because um, Andrew, we asked him to come and speak probably about a month ago. And we've been asking him, hey, what are you going to talk about? What's going to be your topic? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm going to let you know. And he does have a lot going on. So we're just kind of waiting to hear. So I get my two uh, talks ready to go. Well, then about three days ago, he says, okay, what, this is what I'm going to talk about. And I'm like, great. That's exactly what I was going to talk about, too. And so last night, I listened kind of to what he was saying and just listening for the Lord and trying to decide if I wanted to do something completely different or if I wanted to stay in that same theme. So last night I was up pretty late and I got up really early this morning and I feel like that there are just some things that I want to touch on that Andrew didn't. But I want to continue to talk about not just satisfaction but even contentment. There's a little bit of difference between satisfaction because in my mind, satisfied means that I am full. I am, this is complete. This is at least as much as I desire and maybe more, right? And I want you to always remind yourself that we serve a God of more than enough. He doesn't just give you exactly what you need. He gives you more than enough in every situation, and so that is satisfied when I have more than enough, when I am blown away by the goodness of God. That is satisfied. Content means I am not satisfied because I know that there is more that you have for me in any situation of my life. But I am content right here where I am because I completely trust that you know my heart and you know my desires and I can be content right now knowing that you are going to fully satisfy, that the blessing is still coming. So how can I be content in difficult seasons of life? And I, we have done lots of college things to this point. We did uh, some college nights this summer. We've done some retreats now. And one of the, I want to read you some of the things when we say, what are topics that you'd like to talk about? Here's what college kids say. Being content in the stage that you're in. How do I establish a new normal? 
How can I find purpose and value in this stage of life? Um, something, you know, Andrew talked last night a lot about playing sports. And if you guys were competitive in any way, maybe it was band or maybe it was athletics or maybe it was debate, but when you're in high school and you always have this next thing, like I'm getting ready for this big competition or I'm getting ready for this debate or this musical concert or whatever, and you have something that you're working for, then you go to college and it's like, I still want to be athletic, I still want to be musical, but there's not anything out here that I'm reaching for. How am I able to find contentment in that? How do I deal with comparison and competition? I need to understand the importance of slowing down. Here's, an, here's one that's really common. How can I keep Christ as my first love with everything that's going on around me? How do I find identity outside of education or my major? How many of you get so tired of people saying, where do you go to school? What year are you? What's your major? Right? And then after that, how can I be content while waiting on the Lord to bring my spouse? So all of these things center around how can I be okay, content, and anticipating satisfaction. Does that make sense? So as I'm thinking about this, okay, so that let's talk about contentment. What I want you to understand is this isn't something unique to the stage of life that you're in. Something that Andrew said last night was we're always looking to the other side. The grass is going to be greener on the other side. Well, I am 45 in a very different stage of life than you're in. And I still struggle with finding contentment. Because all of my life, I can remember growing up thinking, I cannot wait till I can drive a car. I mean, life is going to begin after graduation. I cannot wait to get married. When I get married, then everything's going to be great. Then I cannot wait to have kids. Kids, that's just going to be the fulfillment. And then, oh my gosh, my kids are about to leave. And they're going to all be gone from home. And that is the stage of life that I am in. And so now it's like, how do you find contentment in quiet? What is my purpose? Because for 18 years it's been this and now it's something else. Now nobody lives at my house. They live hundreds of miles away. You're never going to happen on contentment. Contentment is something that happens on the inside of you. Okay? Life can be crazy, exhausting, thrilling, overwhelming, joy-filled, and sad all at the same time. And we have got to realize that change and transition and new circumstances is something that is always going to be the case. So how do I develop contentment in me? Um... I think that we also have this idea that even in our relationship with the Lord, that when everything slows down and when I graduate and when my life becomes perfect, then I will have time to have a relationship with the Lord. Well, your life is never, ever going to become perfect. 
And you are never going to just have time to have a better, stronger, more connected relationship with the Lord. It is going to happen when you decide that it's going to happen. The verse that um, Andrew used last night is Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And it says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to, be, to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So contentment is not dependent on my situation because I can be content in any situation. Contentment can be learned. Contentment can be learned. It isn't something that accidentally presents itself. And contentment happens in me. It's a state of being. The definition to be content is a state of peaceful happiness or satisfaction. So if I can figure out how to be content in me, then I carry contentment and peace and satisfaction and happiness with me into every stage of my life. Does that make sense? This does not make me content. Content happens in here. And then in this situation, I'm content. And in this situation, I'm content. So how do I become content? And this is what the Lord has changed in what I was going to, to talk about. So there are five different things that I think we have to focus on if we want to be content from the inside. And the first one is we have to learn to be thankful. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I think that sometimes it is important for us to say things out loud. I don't know if you can ever um, relate to this, but sometimes, especially if I am alone, and I'm going to talk a little bit about loneliness in a minute, but sometimes if I am tired, how many of you are tired? And overwhelmed? Like, I don't, I don't know. I do know. I know that some mornings you get up and there is a mountain in front of you. And sometimes it can feel paralyzing because I don't even know the first thing to do to start to tackle that. So sometimes my response is just, I'm just not going to do any of it. I know that when I am tired and overwhelmed, I can become really sorry for myself. And I can start thinking about all the bad things that I can think of, you know, in my mind. If I will choose to be thankful, and I'm not talking about just, oh, I'm thankful that the sun came up this morning. I'm talking about being thoughtful about the blessings that are in your life and the things that you have to be thankful for. And you know the Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing. So sometimes when you're by yourself in your room or driving around in your car, you need to say out loud, God, I am thankful that I only have three more semesters left. God, I am thankful for that new position that I know that you gave me. I am thankful that my spouse is coming sometime in the future. I am thankful 
that I have a God that is willing and wants to hear the desires of my heart. And you need to say it out loud with your mouth. Something happens when you say it out loud. So the first thing is we want to be thankful. The second thing is we have to deal with lonely. And I want you to realize that loneliness is not solved by people. I, will, I, I have two experiences that I want to share with you. One of them happened Jake's freshman year at A&M. I did not go off to school. I stayed um, in, near Amarillo, and um, I never had the experience of moving far away and being alone like that. And so Jake was in his freshman year at A&M, and I went to visit him, and I was there. It was just me there. And I was waiting on him uh, to meet me, and I was at this Starbucks on the campus. It was a football game day, and there were literally 100,000 people on this campus, right? And so I'm standing outside this Starbucks. There are people everywhere. And I'm waiting for Jake, and I'm looking at all these people thinking, I don't know any of you, not one. And if I wanted to know you, I would have to go up and say, hello, I'm Candy, can I sit with you? And I'm thinking, that is the most awkward, overwhelming, almost bring me to tears, alone feeling. And then I thought, that's exactly what y'all feel like all the time. Like when you first stepped onto that campus or into that new position or moved to that new city, you know no one. That is alone. Um, I was telling Cassie this on the drive over here from the airport yesterday, but this week I've been traveling and I've been to Mississippi and Alabama and then I flew here uh, from Mississippi yesterday and I was part of the week I was actually visiting my oldest son and my grandchildren in Mississippi and then I drove about five hours from their house to speak at this event in Alabama and then I drove back and got on the plane yesterday so it was late Wednesday night the next morning I'm about to get up and um, drive to Alabama and it was raining and um, it was late at night and I was going to have to drive in bad weather the next morning and it was about 11 o'clock and I'm laying in this room my grandkids are laying there beside me I'm not alone and I had the most overwhelming feeling of no one knows where I am no one knows where I'm going to be tomorrow and no one's asked, hey, what time are you going to be driving? Where are you going to be staying? And no one cares. And I thought in that moment, I am the most alone I have ever felt. Because no one sees me. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking... <laughs> I think the Lord let me feel that because I think some of you may feel like that. I am isolated and alone. And I was not alone on A&M's campus 
I was with 100,000 people. I was not alone Wednesday night because my grandchildren are laying right here with me. But I felt completely isolated from everyone else in the world. And that is an awful way to feel. But people do not satisfy loneliness. So if you think, when I find my spouse, I'm not going to feel lonely, that is not true. Because some of the most lonely places I have ever been in my life has been with other people around. When you are alone, you can understand that no one sees you. But when I am in the middle of this room and I still feel like no one sees me, that is alone. But Psalm 17:15 says this, As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied with your likeness. You know, you have to learn that in those moments... You aren't alone. And you have a God that wants to speak into those places of your life. And this evening, we're going to talk about the difference between hiding and the hiding place. Because there is a right place to be isolated, and there's a wrong place. And when you are lonely and when you have that overwhelming feeling of isolation, it isn't our first instinct to run to him, but it has to become that. And you're probably going to need to start saying out loud, I'm listening. God, I need to hear from you. I'm listening to what you would say to me. I don't want you to, to allow loneliness to cause you to compromise. I have seen so many young adults choose friends or groups or even a spouse out of a desire to feel that loneliness. Um, it doesn't feel it. Only Jesus satisfies, just like Andrew was saying. And truly, before you're ready to meet that spouse, you're going to have to allow the Lord to supply and satisfy loneliness in your heart because you need to be 100% whole and healthy, relying on him before you are ready to be joined with the spouse. And they need to be whole and healthy and not looking to be filled by you either. Because loneliness is only satisfied through Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me. Isaiah 41 says, I will strengthen you and help you. Something else that I think is important is when you feel lonely or when you feel like you are not being noticed or seen or valued, there are other people that feel the same way. So something that helps me is if I am feeling this way, I need to find somebody else that feels this way. Because if I can reach out and I can serve you, that feels something in me too. So don't pull back 
and fall into some unhealthy hiding place. When you feel lonely, you need to look around and find those other people that don't feel seen either. The third thing that we can do to help ourselves be content is to not compare ourselves to other people. And that is like the hardest thing to do, particularly growing up the way that you all have with all of the wonderful social media things where you look and see, oh, so-and-so is getting married. Oh, so-and-so has a 4.0. Oh, so-and-so just went on a trip to Hawaii. And it is so easy to be like, that stinks. I mean, I am over here working my tail off, trying to be obedient, and I don't know why they are so blessed and I am so not, right? And it is easy to compare ourselves to other people. But what we have to realize is that my journey is unique to me. It's not anybody else's journey. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then in John 21, y'all will remember this, but... Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross and he's having a conversation with the disciples. And he tells all of them, this is about to get really bad, guys. I mean, this is how it's going to go down. And he tells Peter, you on Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. But man, you're going to pay a price. It's going to be bad and this is how it's going to go down. Well, Peter looks over and sees John and he's like, well, what about him? And Jesus says, what's it to you if I just let him live until I return? Because John's story is John's story. But I'm talking to you. You have a calling. You have a ministry. You have a journey and a race to run that is unlike anyone else's. So something else that will help us is if we will learn to praise the other guy. Because if you win your race, that has nothing to do with me winning or not winning mine, right? You can be awesome, you can fulfill your calling, and I can also fulfill mine. So I have to get past this thing of like wanting so much to be praised, like Andrew talked about last night, that I am unable to celebrate and praise someone else. Because that does something inside me too. When I can be like, man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in that class, but you got an A. You are awesome. And I think that is awesome that you made that grade on that test. And I'm going to keep working hard. And I know God's going to bless me. But we've got to learn how to celebrate others and not compare ourselves to other people because we're all running our own race. The other thing that I think you need to do is you got to let yourself off the hook because you're not perfect. Nobody is perfect and nobody expects you to be perfect. So you can just lay that down. You are not going to be perfect. You're never going to be the perfect weight. You're never going to have the perfect roommates. You're not going to make the perfect grades. You're also not going to find the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend. No one has a perfect family. 
we can lay down perfection. Even God is not expecting perfection from you. So stop trying to achieve it. Because what I am running after is not perfection. I am in constant pursuit of Jesus and his best in my life. Not perfection. I want to know Jesus and I want his best for my life. That's the pursuit. Number four. You have to trust God's plan and stop trying to escape it. We all go through difficult seasons, and this won't be the only one that you have. Everyone has difficult seasons. Everybody goes into a desert. But what I can tell you is when you enter a season that feels like the desert, the best advice that I can give you is don't sit down. If I look around and I do not like the situation that I am in and I don't like this environment that I'm in and this looks a whole lot like being in the desert, God, don't stop moving your feet because there's only one way out and it's through, right? So I can feel really sorry for myself and talk about how hot it is and oh my gosh, this is awful and I don't even see the exit and this is awful or I can keep moving and then I'm closer to being through. Um, it's kind of like playing a sport. If you've ever played any kind of a sport or ridden your bike, learned how to ride a bike, you have to just get out there and start doing something, right? If I'm trying to teach you how to play baseball and I want you to catch this ball when I throw it to you, right? If you stand there stuck and do not move your feet, you are uncoachable. There is nothing that you can be a terrible baseball player if you move your feet because then we can adjust. And we can say, no, you can't just stick your hand out. You have to move your feet over here and get in front of the ball. And then even if you miss it with your glove, it's going to hit you somewhere, right? If you move your feet, it can be adjusted. If you are paralyzed in a difficult circumstance, there's little to be done except for the Lord to say, I'm right here whenever you're ready to take a step. Right? When you are in a difficult season, you have to trust that the Lord has a plan and keep moving. Um, In difficulty, you need to ask the Lord to teach me everything that I can learn right now. If And I've lived a lot longer, a lot more years than you, but I can not count the times that I have said, please, I don't want to do this one again. So help me to use this situation to learn everything that I can learn. And whatever needs to be worked out in me, please work it out. I don't want to retest. So learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn in the season that you're in. The only way that you do that is to communicate with the Lord and say, I don't understand this. Something that the Lord told me this morning was, 
you know there's a scripture that says, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts. We have to come to the place sometimes of realizing, I'm not going to understand. If you could understand everything that God is doing, he is not God. If God's thoughts are not more than my thoughts, I'm in trouble, right? So we can't be so focused on, I don't know what to do and I don't understand. You're not going to always understand. You're going to have to be able to lay that down. You're going to have to trust. You're going to have to have faith that Alani was preaching last night in this room. It takes faith to do things that you cannot see. You're going to have to learn the lessons, and you're going to have to trust God. Um, something that has really helped me, too, when I feel like, I don't see what you're doing. This can't be good. This is awful. And I don't know which way to go. I don't know what's the right answer. I don't know if I should move to this place. I don't know if I should take this job. I don't know if I should date this person. There are four questions that you can ask yourself that have helped me a lot. And you need to write these things down. Because here's something else that we can do when talking about contentment is we can start doing, this is how I, this is how I work. Okay, my husband says, I don't particularly like what you cooked tonight. Well, what he means is, I don't like spaghetti. What I hear is, you are a failure as a wife. You don't know how to cook. I think you put on some weight this year. I'm not even sure what I was thinking 22 years ago when I picked you. And I mean, I can have myself talked down really low just because he said, hey, I'd rather not have spaghetti next week, <laughs> right? You do that too. I make one bad grade on the test. I am an idiot. I don't know what I'm thinking choosing this as a major. I don't know. That girl broke up with me. Oh, my God. I thought she was the one. I must be destined to be single. I'm 19. There's nobody coming. I'm an old maid, right? This is how you think. What you need to do in that moment is sit down and write down what's right. And, I mean, list out things in your life. This is right. My, my family is doing great right now. I'm living in a great place. Um, I'm going, you know, at, I'm going on a mission trip. That's right. List out. These are all the things in my life right now, God, that are right. What's wrong? And it's okay to say, this is really wrong. Like, I'm doing this wrong. Write it down so that you can look at it and see it and talk to the Lord about it. Well, how do we fix this? What's missing? What's right, what's wrong, what's missing? What can I do? What needs to be added? Do I have accountability? Do I have a mentor? Something, what's missing? The last thing is what's confusing? What's right, what's wrong, what's missing, and what's confusing? And you'll be amazed that your list will look like mine and maybe the wrong thing is spaghetti, but there's a whole lot of right. And I can encourage my own soul. You know, David talked about that. David encouraged his own soul and he, started, he was being chased by Saul to be killed. And he was like, why are you so downcast, 
sometimes you have to preach to yourself and encourage yourself and remind yourself what is right. And the last thing is find joy in the moment and learn to create memories because you won't ever come this way again. You're never going to relive this season of your life. Even as the holidays are coming up, one thing that... um, I have tried to do in is at a holiday look around I mean take a minute in the chaos of Christmas and Thanksgiving and whatever and all the people and even your grandmother that's kind of persnickety to your aunt and all of that that goes on take a moment to recognize huh isn't that funny that every year that is happening and I think for the last three Christmases, my grandma wore that same sweater or whatever it noticed people. And then think about what does Christmas smell like to me? What does home smell like? What are the sounds? What, bring, what makes me feel good when I go home? But take time sometimes, even in the midst of crazy, oh my gosh, I have 18 tests. You need to look up at that coffee shop where you're studying or at your school and notice people. That guy over there that's playing the piano, man, that is amazing. Like, take 10 seconds to hear and be in this moment. Because just like Andrew was saying last night, there's always another side. There's always something else. There's always something in the distance. But it's like a mirage. You never arrive at it. Because when I move here, there's five more steps that way. I've got to learn to desire full satisfaction. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with asking the Lord for huge things because he has given you dreams. He has planted purpose and calling and desire in your heart. He has placed eternity in your heart, just like Andrew said last night. There is nothing wrong with desiring those things. What is wrong is when my total focus and my mind and my heart and my energy is placed on something down the road. And I am not content today. And my mind is not put on eternal things and turned towards Christ. All of these things are great to desire. But I will become discontent when all of my happiness and all of my satisfaction is set on those things. Contentment happens in me. If I am content, then when I step into a season of being fully satisfied in the blessing of the Lord, I carry contentment with me. If we want to be content, we have to be thankful. We have to deal with loneliness. And dealing with loneliness is between me and God. We don't want to compare ourselves. We want to enjoy our own journey. We want to put our faith in him and trust that he's going to work everything out. And we want to create memories. Um, 
the story that I always remember anytime I'm thinking about this is when Jake and Maddie were little, probably pretty little, maybe five and seven, we were in the mountains and Brian said, hey, let's go on this hike. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, these are little bitty kids and this is not going to be fun and okay. And he's like, oh, we'll just walk for 30 minutes or so. Four hours, we are sitting down to have lunch. And so it's hot and I've got these little kids and I'm trying to just make sure Maddie can keep up, you know, and we're walking and it is so hot and there's rocks everywhere. It was dirty. And I mean, I'm thinking this food is going to be disgusting by the time we get it up there. And I mean, it was horrible. So we finally, four hours later, we get up to this place. We sit down. We're going to have lunch. And I'm getting all the food out. And my family starts talking about, hey, did you see that? I saw a deer. And somebody said, I, did y'all see all those aspen trees that were down? And I, what do you think happened to the aspen trees? And I saw this squirrel. And, you know, did y'all see the sun coming through the trees? And I'm like, I saw dirt, a lot of dirt and y'all in your little feet running ahead of me and I felt like the Lord said you know what this is going to be a long journey and it is going to be hot and it's going to be rocky there's a lot of dirt that you're going to have to get through and it is going to feel like climbing a mountain and you can focus on all of that or you can lift up your head, even in a difficult climb, and see the beauty. And realize that even in difficulty, I have laid before you blessing and life and hope and contentment. So it really is all about where you choose to set your focus and keep moving your feet. So Lord, I just thank you for this time that we're having here together. And I thank you, God, that we can have desires and want to be fully satisfied and anxiously await all of the things that you have laid out ahead in advance for us that will bring complete satisfaction. But God, would you help us not to be... Um, discontent would you help us to make adjustments in our hearts so that we can carry contentment with us lord wherever we go and god we just repent for those seasons and those things that we just are negative and we are complaining and it almost sounds like a little brat we don't want to be brats god we want to be mature we want to focus on you we don't want to be anxious, God, in Jesus' name. We just choose to lay down all anxiety. God, also, I just ask in Jesus' name if any of us have false expectations or expectations that other people have put on us or we have put on ourselves. God, we lay that down too in Jesus' name. We want God only to be and do the things that we see and hear you doing, just like Jesus said. And I thank you, God, that you have given each one of us a unique calling, a unique ministry. 
Help us, God, to understand what that is. And would you continue to equip us to be that? Because, God, we don't want to please men, and we are included in that. Our life, God, is not about us. It is not about uh, bringing uh, satisfaction to ourselves, but it is about, God, bringing glory to you, being content with who you've called us to be, and anxiously awaiting satisfaction that comes only from you. So, Lord, as we move into this next couple of hours just in your presence, we invite you, Lord. We ask that you would help us to just be quiet, to just listen. Thank you, God, that you are excited to meet with us, Lord, and that you have set this time aside, God, just for one-on-one individual communion, Lord, and communication with you. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who wants to be near to us. And your word says that if we will come near to you, you come near to us. I thank you too, God, that this morning the picture that you showed me was of like playing Simon Says. And it's really as simple as that. If you say it, we do it. If you're silent, we don't move. And so we just ask God for complete peace to make the decisions that we have to make, to make the the choices that we have to make. God, we thank you for peace. We thank you that you communicate. You do communicate. We very rarely don't know the answer. Thank you, God, for that. Lord, we just invite your presence. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for adventure, God. We thank you. Uh, that you are not dull or boring. God, I just pray for new revelation for each one of us, Lord, that today that we would hear something new from you. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.